and at the same time a song. That is how we can succeed by asking the Holy Spirit to come and help us in any area of our lives. The subject of self-control deals with the mastery of personal desire and passion. You know, each one of us has passion. And if our passions are not checked, it can run wild. It could be passion for entertainment. It could be passion for pleasure. It could be passion for food. It could be passion for drinking. It could be passion for... Another word for passion is addiction. When passion is not controlled, it becomes what? Addiction. So when it is not controlled, it can get us into trouble. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28 says, He that has no rule over his spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. He that has no control over his spirit is like a city that the walls are broken. You know in those days, cities are fortified by building walls around them. That was their defense. So when a city, the walls are broken down. It means that there's no defense. So when we have no control over our spirit, what the scripture is telling us is that, in essence, we lack defense. It means that the enemy can attack us anyhow and any way he chooses. Amen? So lack of self-control can be likened to when... As children, you know, you, you stack covers of bottles. Most of us did that when we were children. You stack them. And any small mistake you make, it could even be the wind that blows. All of those covers of bottles will come to what? They come crashing down. And that is how it is. In the same vein, we can spend a lifetime building up our reputations. But just one, one little mistake can cause that reputation to crash. And may God never allow us get there in the name of Jesus. Do you agree with me? That is why we pray. We pray for our leaders. We pray that their ministries will be scandal free. You see how Pastor Adeboye is reverenced, honored in this nation, in the nations of the world. But let one small mistake come. All of those reputations built over years will just crash. You know, people remember the bad you did and not the good. That is why as Christians we must be careful. Because God is grooming us and raising up for what? For leadership. For leadership. So if there is or there was any fruit or a fruit then self-control is that fruit that is central to the believer. It is central to the believer maintaining his testimony in the world. Self-control. It is one of the best forms of defense. When we do not have self-control, <laughs> we, are, we are invaded and captured by many desires. And the enemy understands this. And that is why he uses the five senses that we have. To always tempt us. To always bring us down. If there is anything that brings a man or a woman down. It is related to one or five of the 
senses that we have. Sense of sight, sense of smell, sense of touch, sense of taste. Is that five? And sense of hearing. That is why we have to be careful what we hear. You have to be careful what you taste, what you eat. What will kill a man is in his appetite. You have to be careful what you see. What are the things you see? You have to be careful the things you touch. And even the things you smell. I know somebody who says, what, what, what makes me drink uh, Bailey's? Is that I like the smell. I like the smell. There are people who smoke because of the smell of cigarettes. I like the smell. So one thing we should know by now is that <laughs> it is a lot easier to keep the devil away than to cast the devil out. Does I, do I make sense? It is better you prevent the devil from coming than when the devil comes in, you want to take the devil out. It's very difficult. Very difficult. So that is why we are learning the things we are learning so that you can prevent him from coming. Because you do not know whether you have enough strength to be able to keep him away. You don't. It's a difficult thing. And that is why self, self, self-control is both, what word would I use? Both protective and also preventive. Once you have crossed that line, it is very difficult to retreat. Very, very difficult. Don't you people agree with me? It's a difficult thing. When you have been one who has been drinking before you became born again or smoking, and you manage yourself, manage yourself, you resist it, you resist it, then one day you just go and say, hmm, I just tired, you let me relax myself. And you take it. <laughs> to get it out of you. It can be a difficult task. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 32. Proverbs 16 verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. So it is better to be slow to anger than to want to be a mighty man. That's what the scripture is saying. He that ruleth his spirit is better than he that takes over his city. We all know how glorious David was. How enviable his achievements were. But all of these came crashing with his adventure with who? Bathsheba. Came crashing. <coughs> Such, such a man with such a great destiny found himself committing murder. One moment of indiscretion. So it is always important to understand the importance and the mastery of our passions. The mastery of our emotions. It's very important to be able to master your emotions. You know, one of the things that institutions emphasize upon now is what they call EQ emotional quotient or emotional intelligence they even rate it higher than IQ because they say leaders can be found amongst people who have control over their emotions not so much of the intelligence you have is good but intelligence without control of emotions (laughs) 
it can lead to trouble. How many of you understand that? That organizations now, their concentration in training their staff is in EQ. Emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. That's what they call it. And this should begin from the church. The church should be teaching them, not them teaching us. Praise the Lord. So self-control makes us less predictable. The worst thing that can happen to you as a believer is for you to be so predictable that the enemy can predict you. How many of us have watched the movie, The Godfather? Some of you are not raising hands. Sometimes you watch movies though, to learn from inside. <laughs> that movie, the first son of The Godfather, you know he was a very erratic person. For them to be able to get him down, they knew what to do to him. They knew that if we do this, he will get mad and we will get him. And that is how they got him. There are some of us that the enemy, enemy as either the devil or human beings, knows the things that they can do us and they know how we can react. And they can wait for us. Your boss in the office knows that ah, if I sack this person, people will say, ah, it's bad, but what did I do? I know what to do and how we will react. And it will become justifiable for him to be sacked. I don't know if I'm making sense. The worst thing, when you have self-control, you become less predictable. Because why? You are waiting for the prompting of the Holy Spirit to react. You are not allowing yourself to react to issues. No Christian should live by such impulsiveness. You know what it means to be impulsive? You react just like that. You know, just a little trigger gets something out of you. And a lot of us think that that is the best way to... You know, people say, for where I come from, with a vex, and temper now, with a vex. Ah, No, a Christian should not do that. With a vex. The enemy will kill you. He will take you off. You know, there are two ways the devil tries us. We understand one way more than the other. The devil tries us through adversity. Which is the major, which is the greater test that most of us face. We go through adversity, through issues. And through that, God also wants to see how we react. Oh, no money in my bank account, no money in my pocket for weeks. Mm, this God thing, I beg, forget it, I'm not doing it anymore. Why are they calling myself? I'm not doing. That is one. That is one. Another way the enemy tries us, if you have passed the test of adversity, he can try you through success and prosperity. How do you react when you have been blessed abundantly? We all know it too, no? That people who were so devoted, so, so devoted, the moment blessing came, their true character came out. Ah, we have not seen you for a long time. Well, what's happening? My brother, you know, business is... is, is I, <laughs> I remember one story somebody told that they didn't see somebody in the fellowship for a long time. He said, ah, 
So he now saw him so he said, Ah, brother, we have not seen him for a long time. What's happening? He said, Ah, brother, I, 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 God just blessed me with the messages. <laughs> you are laughing, but I'm telling you, these things happen. They happen. It is well with us. So this thing about trial is not only about only in adversity, but also in prosperity. Another area is our temper. Temper. Controlled temper. You can get rid of a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You can get rid of a bad habit. But one of the things you don't get rid of is a temper. One of the things rather you don't lose is temper. I lost my temper. Don't lose your temper. Don't lose it. You know, there's a saying that the emptier the pot, the easier the boil. Does that make sense? The emptier the pot, the easier the boil. So when you have a pot, this is a pot, that the water is here, and you put it on fire, that water in less than two minutes will boil. Is it not? When the water is here, it may take ten minutes for it to boil. So when you find yourself boiling over too easily, it could be an indication of how empty you are. Does that make sense? And the emptiness is more of being empty and devoid of the Holy Spirit. So for some of you take pride in I know how to yare. <laughs> Don't try me. Know that the ways of God is different from the ways of man. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 and verse 27 Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. Be ye angry and sin not, but let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Each time we are angry, what are we doing? We are giving place to the devil. We are giving place to the devil. Wherever anger is displayed, the devil is not too far away. Never too far away. And you must understand that no one has an obligation to yield to the devil. The devil can never force you to yield. Never. He can tempt you. He can make suggestions to you. But he can never force you to yield. That you yield is your choice. And the desire to yield is always where? In the flesh. Always in the flesh. You know? Take for an example that somebody provokes you and then dares you by saying there's nothing you can do. Most of us, our head will scatter. You say nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. Boah! The flesh. 
you know, during the digging tip, we, we brought up an issue, which some of you may have experienced, about what happens to most of us. It's a very serious thing, and these are the things about life that we contend with, that we have to be very conscious of. You are driving your car and somebody hits you. Hits you. The person is clearly in the wrong. And you come down from the car. And you look at what the person has done, has dented your car. And you look, the person is sitting in the car and chewing gum. No sorry, no nothing. <laughs> I've shared that story with you before now. My experience. It's, it's, one has to be very careful. Because most of us, you know that at that time, just what you needed sometimes from the people, you just say, I'm sorry. And you will be able to enter your car and drive away. But that the person does and sits in car. Or maybe pressing phone. Hey, it takes God to help you not to grab the person's neck. Because the thing you ask yourself, okay, now you have hit me, you are sitting down, no sorry, how do I walk away from here now? How? It was better you didn't come down from the car in the first place than you came down and the person sits and is just looking at you. Has anybody ever experienced that? Uh huh. It's so terrible. You know, people, they do that because they feel that when they say they are sorry, it means that they are wrong. But we believers don't behave that way. You are wrong, you come out and say, I'm sorry. If the person says you should pay, Oh, well and good, God will help you. So you see, to live a Christian life is not an easy thing. No? <laughs> Some of you are not nodding. A man slapped his wife three times. The pastor said, how come? I can understand that you slapped your wife once. But three times, he says, I just don't know. My hand was just going. My hand was just going. <laughs> This, if God does not help you, that is why we need the Holy Spirit. If God does not help you, you can't be sure of what you will do when you are placed under certain circumstances. You cannot. You cannot. Temptations are always sown in the flesh. And that is why you and I must always be careful not to fall for them. And that is why the scripture says in James chapter 1, verse 13, and I think verse 14. It's very instructive. James chapter 1, verse 13. He says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust. Another word for lust. When he is drawn away by his own flesh. And enticed. Flesh. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. The only place flesh can lead us to is hell. Never to heaven. Never. So when you go about saying, I have a short fuse, I have temper, that's not a compliment to You should be ashamed. So this issue of self-control is also applicable to physical and verbal abuse. There's physical abuse when you beat people, there's verbal abuse when you insult people, when you use your mouth to beat people, self-control. How many of us know that verbal abuse can sometimes be more painful than physical abuse? 
when you can't control the things you say. Once anger wells up, there's no control over what you can say to somebody. But after you have finished saying it, I'm sorry. Sometimes words spoken can never be taken back. Never. That is why the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit, not as many as are led by their emotions, as many as are led by anger. And nobody acquires this by magic. It is acquired by practice and prayer. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall what? Die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh or the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, whenever discussions begin to degenerate to abuse, there's always for the believer a caution from the Holy Spirit which often will disregard. And that is why controlled people, as I often say, you find them stopping their sentence midway. Me and you are having an argument. You they craze, you they craze, you they this. In fact, if you just keep quiet. Oh yeah, say it now, say it now, say it now, say it now, let me hear, let me do. Never mind. You know what has happened there? Control of the Holy Spirit. Because as you were shouting, say stop. Stop. And you stop. Not the one you say, eh, 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 cool down, cool down, please. You know, sometimes if you don't you are teaching the Holy Spirit. Some people don't learn until you do. Let me finish, then I'll come back to you. Please just chill first. And you finish what you want to say. When you finish, the Holy Spirit will say, You are finished, Abby. Abby? And that's a terrible place to be. When you have the presence of God in you and the presence of God leaves you. It can lead you into agony. So controlled people are those that are dead to their flesh. In computer language, they can be referred to those that are disabled. You know a computer is disabled when it does not elicit a response even when you click it. You know what it means to disable a computer? It goes into safe mode. When you press the key, press the key to answer you. But the computer is still alive. It's still alive. But it has been disabled. Controlled people are like computers that have been disabled. When somebody says get out, you got your big head. It does not bring a response. What did the Bible say? Of everything they did to Jesus... The Bible says he uttered not a word, a word. Say you are the king. Oh, you have saved yourself now. Say you are this. Oh, yeah, they slapped him. They spat on him. Not one word came out of his mouth. Not one. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17. He that is soon angry, delayed foolishly. And a man of wicked devices is hated. He that is soon angry. He that is so easily provoked does foolish things. 
when the Bible calls somebody foolish, you are foolish. Proverbs 29 verse 20 to 22. Proverbs 29 verse 20. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words, in a hurry to speak, you must have the last word. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words, there is more hope of a fool than of him. The second time. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall save him, shall have him become his son at the length. An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man, furious man, aboundeth in transgression, abounds in sin. Are these scriptures making sense? That is why we have to be very careful. Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 11. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 11 and verse 12. Dearly beloved and verse 12. Dearly beloved.